Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. Appreciate you uh, listening to us. Terry Hutchinson is with me today. It's been a while, Terry. When's the last time you were on? Do you remember? It has. Uh, well, you had me on for our book, I think, in November. That was oh, right, right, about, right, right, right before right. Thanksgiving. How's, how's the book doing? You know, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, you know, it's it's not gotten a lot of publicity, but we've we've sold several copies. And uh, unfortunately, we still haven't quite got the Kindle out yet, but okay. maybe in the next week or so. Tell us the name again of the book. It's called The Temple Pathway to Heaven. Pathway and it's by myself and Grant Gifford. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, they sell it at uh, the Book Bungalow downtown. Okay. So Did we get in Barnes & Noble and some of those places? Or? No. no? Um, we need to. There's, there's a circumstance about that that... Ah. that you know, is just one of those things. We don't need to know the rest of the As story. a matter of fact, I have an end cap at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. So, and I have I would have had thought for your book years. would be there yeah. in your end cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but no. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a special circumstance about that. that it's complicated is it's, what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good way to term it. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. T- Terry's on the Washington County School Board. Yes. And uh, has been doing that for how long now? Uh, this will be my seventh year. Seven seventh years. Seventh year. Yeah. Seven years. Mm-hmm. So Some... B- Becky Dunn and I were the new members until we just got two new members. So so in the election okay. last year, we had Nanette Simmons, who replaced Laura Hessen. Mm-hmm. And Laura had been on the board 18 years. Wow. And Kelly Blake uh, was replaced by Burke Staley. Burke Staley? Uh-huh. And Kelly had also been on for 18 years. So now we have Craig Segmiller, and he's in his 23rd year, I think. Wow. And then we have uh, Lorene Cox and mm-hmm. Dave Sterland, and they're in their ninth years. And then we have Becky Dunn and myself, and we're in our seventh years. And uh, then we have Nanette and Burke. How is, uh, I don't know Nanette personally. I do know uh, Burke pretty yeah. well. I've known Burke. I mean, he was the principal of my kid's school. You know, yeah. Well, Burke, Burke ago, when, when we ago. moved out to the fields clear back in 1996, Burke and Kelly were both in our ward because the whole fields was in one yeah. LDS ward yeah. at the time. And uh, so I've known Burke for a long time. Nanette's fairly new. Uh, she was an educator up in Davis County for a long time. Okay. And, uh, she, you know, she's got a lot of family up there. And uh, younger woman, but very dynamic. I think she's been on the board of Primary Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you'll be able to talk to her when, when it's her turn to come in and, yeah. and, and yeah. talk about what we're doing. By the way, Steve Dunham wanted to be here. He's been, uh, he's sick. Yeah, that's what I understand. So 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 I, he asked if I could come in. And of course, you know, I'm always happy to come in. (laughs) Uh, Terry Hutchinson never met a microphone he didn't like, right? That's right. Okay, good. (laughs) And you get, you have a show, a Sunday school type show on the weekends or something? Well, no, once a, once a month. So I I volunteer with a group called the Interpreter Foundation. Okay. And, uh, so once a month on the second Sunday, we have a radio broadcast for a couple hours that's turned into a podcast. Okay. And uh, then I also do it on the fifth Sunday, and they may have me help out more. It just depends. And uh, and so to find that, we just Google you just Interpreter go to the, Foundation? You go to the Interpreter Foundation website. Just, okay. just Google the Interpreter Foundation, and uh, it's they have a weekly journal, and it would be under 
I can't remember. There's a drop-down menu, but there are a lot of different options. They have okay. videos. They have conference reports that uh, of conferences that they put on. They have articles. They have books. Uh, just a lot of things going on. They're the ones who were behind the Witnesses movie about Joseph Smith. Okay. And then they have some uh, what they call a docudrama, which is a uh, a nonfiction kind of documentary about Book of Mormon witnesses, not just the three, but the 11 and others. And they're working on a project right now about the, um, the, it's called Six Days in August. And it's about the death of Joseph Smith and the transition to Brigham Young and, and, and all of that. So they're, they're in the middle of doing that right now. Just a lot of, a lot of various efforts. And then there's uh, supplemental, programming that they've got for come follow me or other study aids right. and things like that so i participate with them uh andy we're going to have and i'm working to get it scheduled for this program you and me yeah uh the, the uh, one or two of the authors of the new mountain meadows massacre book that'll be out in yes. may from oxford yeah looking forward to that yeah uh, that so. is still uh, a controversial point in, it is. in Mormon history, it is. Uh, and and that 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 would be a great a great well back in two thousand eight, and we had them on at the time. Uh, three authors: Ron Walker, Glenn Leonard, and uh, Richard Turley wrote a book together that was published by Oxford called Massacre at Mountain Meadows, and it was mm-hmm. all about the events leading up to and the event itself. They reserved the aftermath, some of the trials, some of the accusations, and all the rest for a later volume. That later Which volume is, is now coming out. Okay. And, uh, in fact, I've did I send you the copy? Don't think uh, so. Okay, I, I I will send you the advanced copy so that when we do that interview, you'll be ready to go. Nice, nice. Looking forward to it. Uh, by the way, the the program, the Interpreter Foundation program, is not for. Uh, it, it's not light. This is a program that goes deep into doctrine. And these are some very, very smart guys. We, I, I'll tell you. I, By example, Terry's kind of the dumbest guy on the panel. Because, no, I am the dumbest guy on the panel, for and sure. Terry, Terry's a pretty smart guy, but these guys are wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of wow on that. So, However, uh, it's you know it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's a contribution I enjoy. And it doesn't take, you know, I mean, it takes some time off the air, but, but the on-air presence isn't all that demanding. Hmm. The uh, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the television program, The Chosen, as pertaining to the current curriculum in in church study. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched any of The Chosen? Do you oh, feel I, like I'm it's a pretty big fan. Accurate? I've okay. been to the movie theater to see okay. both of them. Uh, I'm a I'm a big I'm a, I'm a I like to watch it. We're watching it again. Um, there is a lot of authentic presentation and yeah, representation. They try there. very hard, don't they? And uh, I, I think the acting is superb. And mm-hmm. uh, the portrayals of the different of the different events in Jesus's life are really good. Obviously, you know there may be some some minor tweaks here and there, and it is important to remember that it's entertainment, right? Um, right. But on the other hand, um, it's it's a really great gateway into learning more about authentic life at that time. And, uh, and and it should be noted, even though it's on BYU TV, this is not a LDS church presentation. Oh, it, In fact, yeah. the, the executive producer, Dallas Jenkins, is not even a member of No, the LDS. in fact, he his father, and this ties in with our My Bookmarks program, his father, Andy, was a, uh, he was one of the authors of the series Left Behind. 
Now, back in the early 90s, when I first started doing bookmarks, there was a series of best-selling books called the Left Behind series about, and it essentially fictionalized the events of Revelations after uh, a bunch of people were taken up into heaven, and uh, and then the beast comes, and all the representations from the book of Revelations in the New Testament, it was, and, and it sold millions and millions in that series, and I think Dallas's father was involved in that. Oh, okay. And so... The LDS Church is a supporter, but, it, you know, we watched uh, a couple of the producers are LDS, and they're the guys who did the VidAngel, okay. if you remember right, that. Right, right. They There's got sued by Walt out, Disney yeah, and Fox. Taking out the cuss words and, and bad yeah, scenes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and they got sued by some Hollywood studios, Disney being the primary, hmm. and they lost. They had a huge judgment against them. Yeah. And there's a very interesting story. So if you go to the Babylon Bee, the Babylon Bee, which is a satire site, also right. does like uh, the Onion. did an interview yeah. with them. And so two of them are LDS, they're missionaries, and then one of them is Jewish. And how they put together The Chosen and some of the events. A lot of The Chosen, if you look at it, is filmed up in Goshen. And it, when you, Andy, go watch it again because you'll see Timpanogos in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it last night. My wife and I watched an episode last night. We're about uh-huh. uh, six or seven episodes behind right now. So. Well, there's three seasons. There's going to be seven. Yeah. And uh, they, some of them get pretty intense. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of authenticity to it, but there's a lot of fictionalized stuff. And, and it took me about four episodes to really get used to that. And then once once that happened, Janae and I were all in on it. So I'm I'm a big fan of that, and I've talked about it occasionally on this program. Right, but right. once again, remember it's entertainment yeah, to a certain degree. It's not exact to the Bible. Uh, there are some liberties, take, creative liberties, if you will. Uh, but it's but, very authentic as to the stories of the Bible. I think the chronology, right. but it's the backstories of all the right. individuals. I mean, there's a lot of yeah liberties taken. What was Matthew really like? What was Peter lo- really like? Oh yeah, uh, no one no one could know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it's it's a, a fun show to get involved with and yeah. watch. I've seen now two and a half seasons worth. My wife has seen the first half of every show when she falls asleep. <laughs> but, but that's that's her thing. They, I mean, she does. Yeah. I, she, I have a hard time staying awake when I watch TV. I don't yeah, watch much TV. In I fact, I, yeah. I I I I hardly ever watch any TV. So the Chosen is a great exception. And then we decided to watch a. Um, this is a little funny. We decided to watch a Korean drama, one of the Korean dramas. Korea. My daughter recommended. Yeah, so okay. it's in subtitles. So you they read, speak read Korean, the, and it's yeah. in subtitles, so you got to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Crash Landing on You. My daughter was a huge fan of that. And got huh. Janae interested in it, and so Janae <laughs> wanted me to watch it. So we've been watching that occasionally, too. But it, so not only does Terry do book uh, book reviews and recommendations, he'll tell you what TV shows are great. No, too. I won't, because I only watch one <laughs> every seven or eight years. I mean, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm becoming a TV critic, but maybe it's just because, you know, I'm on a break between the book and yeah. some of the other writing projects that I'm just trying to get the energy to do. Somebody asked me uh, a few days ago, hey, what movies would you recommend? I'm like, you know what? I see like two, maybe three movies a year. <laughs> and well, you know, one in the yeah. theater and two, yeah. and that's it. And they're like, I could recommend the ones I watch, but that wouldn't be a very long I, list. You know, I, I don't watch many movies either, but yeah. I, I, I was asked to do movies years ago. Yeah, you know, because I was doing the books. In fact, it was the movie critic here on KDXU that inspired me to start bookmarks way back the in the day in yeah. the early nineties. And the story. Uh, it, but but to watch uh, to be a, a decent movie critic, you have to watch 
first of all, you have to watch everything in the movies, and there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to watch. Right. I mean, in my case, I can turn a page or I can do, you know, some other thing. But with a movie, you're you're just kind of stuck, and then you just it just takes so much time. I I, I couldn't do it right. Yeah, understandable. And like like I said, I I see so few. I will say this: the two movies I've seen in, uh, in the last year. Top Gun Maverick and uh, Avatar Way of the Water. Okay, I didn't both, watch Avatar. They were I didn't both really, care really for good. The first one. Oh, you didn't? You, oh, well, uh, the first uh, Avatar. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't I, either. Actually. No. But the second one was really good. Really? Yeah, well, it was way better than the I first don't know one. if I'll ever get to see it, but I, I, I won't turn away if the opportunity is presented. But I, I just, uh, it, it, to, to take time away from all the other things that I do uh, is. And it is it's like three plus hours. So. Yeah. 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 Jim's already calling it. Jim, what's up, man? Well, because you have Terry on, who's the smartest guy I know in this area, I, <laughs> I have to ask, uh, between your readings, Terry, um, and The Chosen, it seems as though, and, and I need to preface this, that I, I uh, converted from uh, Southern Baptist to, to LDS about 35 or 40 years ago, so there's a a complete difference between what the Baptists believe um, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ's personality is as opposed to uh, LDS. Do you feel like the Chosen portrays Jesus in a um, reasonable light with regards to him having a serious side, but yet he is, you know, he does have a sense of humor to a degree on the shows and he's not pulling pranks or anything but good question uh he's someone like i would want to hang out with yeah i i believe let's just say i mean because when you're talking about the divine uh you it's more than we can comprehend in our minds right but the presentation of him in the chosen is the best dramatic presentation of him i've ever seen and and i would like to think that it is very close to what the reality is. So, so that kind of a yeah, that kind it's of kind of interesting because scholarly. yeah, because well, for example, there's a there's a, a line in season three where one of the Pharisees is criticizing criticizing Jesus, and he says, uh, you know, we'll enact the law of Moses, and Jesus says, I am the law of Moses. Well, it's very similar to something that Jesus says in the Book of Mormon, and so there was a lot of criticism of the producers of the show that they had used something from the Book of Mormon. And actually, where they got that was in um, some medieval commentary on the New Testament, and and that's come to be a fairly, uh, I I won't say it's universally recognized, but it's come to be in the scholarly community a a very uh, reasonable position to take. And so that's why they they put it in there. But you know, once again, that was that was it. Actually, the the LDS Church doesn't have a lot of input on the program, other than I'm sure from a behavioral standpoint when they're actually using the LDS Church's film set that's up in Goshen. But I don't know right. any details about that. But I do know that that the show really wanted and needed to use the film site when they were getting ready for season two. And in the interview on the Babylon Bee that I was talking about, the producers gave an experience where one of the senior apostles for the LDS church was shown an episode of The Chosen by his secretary who had started watching it. And within a couple of days, uh, they had clearance to use the film set. 
Nice. Have you heard Have you heard of any Christian faiths, Terry, that that just absolutely say this is not who Jesus was? I you it... know I don't I don't follow all that to that degree. Mm-hmm. My uh, my interests and and <laughs> I mean uh, between between the bookmarks program and my law practice now and some real estate obligations that I have and my school board. And I, I just don't have time to do a lot of deep diving into uh, comments by others about something yeah. like the chosen. So I don't know. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it is, but mm-hmm. I don't know of any. Well, I don't know anyone that can squeeze 30 hours of reading into a 24 hour day. So I commend you. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, I that. Appreciate, it's been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate all the years you've put into this through bookmarks and, and, um, appearances like this so keep it up thanks i appreciate thanks, it Jim. Appreciate very you rewarding calling. uh I, I wanted and we need to move obviously uh, terry is here representing the school district but uh as far as the chosen there there is some religious criticism out there but uh i've watched a couple of different interv- interviews with dallas jenkins with jonathan Ramey who plays who plays jesus in the series and the the unbelievable effort to try to get all the doctrinal part of it correct exactly correct yeah, yeah. is that's uh, monumental they try so hard to make sure they have panels and they have scholars oh, yeah. that advise them uh, I, the the thing about jonathan Rumi that uh, impressed me is that the uh, march for life in washington dc he was one of the he was one of the speakers really? and he gave a terrific talk about, um, he, he, I think he's, in fact, I'm sure he's Catholic and he's very uh, devout, but he gave a talk about that and he, he deviated from the, during the talk to talk about social media. And in particular, he talked to young people about the importance of not basing their self-confidence on social media and so it's available on youtube i just encourage people to go look up jonathan rumi or i think i posted it on my facebook page i was so impressed so look me up on facebook and follow me because in a different sense than in the chosen trust me but um i i often put things about bookmarks and things like that occasionally about the school board on there so before we jump into school stuff i wanted to ask you your your take kind of on Going back and revising books in this woke time, we're seeing them remove words like fat, uh, remove words like uh, like black, uh, calling them lighter skin, and, and things like that. Uh, I, I I got your take the other day from one of your one of your yeah book I did marks, the, I did a program on that uh, on, yesterday. Uh, at least the, if the author's yesterday. going back and doing it. Yeah. That's a good thing, you know. No, it, well, it, it's their prerogative because it's their exactly. Book. They're the but author. when they can do other what they people want. are going back and revising people who are passed away, that bothered you. That bothers me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and um, Ian Fleming is the latest one. Really, James Bond. Wow. The James Bond films. That's right. I that, that, that they're doing that. that. And uh, uh, R.L. Stein. I just I just read yesterday mm-hmm. about R.L. Stein and his Goosebumps series is going yeah. back to revamp some of that, but he's doing it himself. For whatever reason, look, they can they can do that if they want. If it hurts their sales, fine. If it helps their sales, I don't care. They can do what they want. They're the authors. I didn't mind a, an instance where that was done by the author, but as I mentioned in my program yesterday, she did that, uh, and in the program that I did on that last month, she did that. She added a chapter. She changed the ending, yeah, yeah. modified some of the characters, the and it actually stuff. made yeah. the book better. It made it make more sense. Yeah. 
the original ending and the print version, I remember thinking, gosh, I really like this book. And then all of a sudden, right, the last chapter, you're going, uh, did I miss something? <laughs> and apparently I did, because yeah. in the, later on in the electronic version, she's changed it. I went to a lecture one time. This was up at, at Utah State in college, and they had the author of a book come into town, into town and, and kind of did it. They did a little bit of a lecture, and then they did a Q&A. And uh, the Q&A consisted of all these people talking about the hidden meanings of the book and, and the, the deep dives into what it symbolizes and stuff. And the author actually stopped them at a certain point and said, I don't know where you guys are getting all this, but that is not what I wrote. I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. And what, he actually stopped me. He said, "You, you guys are trying too hard to make something out of out of nothing." That's one thing I like about your bookmark segment is you don't get too deep into all this uh, symbolism. I mean, I, I took, I remember studying the Scarlet Letter in college, and they were talking about the the representation of the letter A and how. I mean, they just got into all this weird stuff, and I'm like, really. <laughs> So you don't get too deep into that, thank goodness. Well, most of the time, I don't. I I can, but I don't. Yeah. Um, occasionally, there's something super important that you want to bring up. So I've got my two and a half, three minutes that yeah. I have, and you got to get in and out. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, a weather break. When we come back, we'll talk school district. So much going on, and here we've already used up half our show. Uh, but let's talk about school district, and uh, we've got Terry Hutchinson here on the show. We'll be right back. A touch of conservatism, a dash of attitude, and a pound of truth. Only on News Radio 890, 92.5, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for those that have texted in. They're more of a personal nature, asking names and stuff, so we won't really go over those. But uh, thank you for listening today. And those that have called, Terry Hutchinson is on the show with me. Terry, thank you for coming in. He's you all, bet, Andy. He's I was happy to do got it. The, got the uh, charcoal suit on and white shirt. Look good, man. <laughs> Look like a lawyer. Oh, wait, you are a lawyer. I am a lawyer. <laughs> in fact, I've got to leave a little early today. I apologize. Oh, you're going to bail on me. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We'll, uh, we'll we'll soldier on without you. That's right. Uh, just real quick, uh, wanted to ask you about uh, now. You you don't have any control on the school board, but uh, it was it was Tuesday night. Uh, our local teams, certain teams, had won, and, and it made the arrangement. This was last week, two weeks ago, whatever. Uh, that it ended up being two St. George schools and then a St. George and a Washington school, Crimson Cliffs playing each other in the first round of the of the uh the, well, the quarterfinals the of the of the playoffs and they had already scheduled it all for utah state now i went to utah state uh lived there for five years i can tell you february any time really between november and march in in logan is not a good place to be we, the, this huge storm was bearing down on the state after the games were over tuesday night i made some texts and some phone calls to some people trying to see if there was a possibility maybe we play these games between these local teams here and then the storm was supposed to be over and the travel day the next day we could get them up there for the semifinals and i was basically well i was laughed at i was i was ah you know come on it's just a snowstorm it's no big deal logan had to travel in the snow last year all, all the logan schools just just deal with it and and this was Folks from the UHSA, these were local principals here in town. They were basically like, you know, too bad. 
And uh, I, I was actually a little disappointed that I wasn't taken more seriously. Any thoughts on that? Was there, is there anything Washington County School could when do? When it comes to that kind of thing in the USHAA, we really don't have much control. Okay. Okay. There, you know, there's an old adage, if you can't say something nice, don't say it. <laughs> yeah. I rarely follow that, but I will in this instance, <laughs> because I can promise you that if I said what I really think, uh-huh. people's hair would probably be singed off their bodies and, and you'd without be, using a single profanity. And you'd be in trouble. And, and then I'd by, by No, I wouldn't be in trouble. I, I'd be in trouble. I, I, I cause I enough. would. I cause Maybe. enough. Yeah, you might. <laughs> So okay. we'll just say, look, it, it's a real difficult situation because the schools that are similar size to us are all up in the northern regions at the far mm-hmm. side of the state, and we have the same problem. Now, that's one of the things that we consider when we talk about the size of a high school. Mm-hmm. When I first got on the board, I said, look, I love the size of our high schools, but would we save more money if we built our next high school? Yeah, a little Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. Like they do up north. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done a lot of studies about it. It is more expensive to, for the taxpayer to do that. And we're, really? you know, we, we certainly recognize that. But on the other hand, when you build those bigger schools, it, your, your uh, disciplinary problems and some of the other concerns that you have increases exponentially. So, so not- even if you add 1,000 students, in your, so say you add 60% more students to your student base, or 70, your disciplinary problems go up three times, mm-hmm. not just an extra 60%. And so you have, and you minimize the opportunities for students to participate, not just in sports, but in band, choir, everything else. Right. I mean, it, it really is hard. My daughter went to Skyridge, which is 25, 2,600 students. And was almost invisible, yeah, it's you know. True. And so it's it's a it's a tough call that so far we've made. But the secondary thing that that you don't always think about is the travel for all of these events. And the minute we move up to five A or six A, our travel budget goes through the roof. Right. And Logan has the same problem, but not quite as bad because they're tw- we're twice as far from all of those sure. schools, say in Utah County, as as Logan is, and so. Those are all concerns we have. So essentially, the schools that are our size and Cache County and us. And unfortunately, we're at the polar opposites of the state. And so, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of see that, that, that it, it, it's kind of nonsense. And sometimes, you know, it may be down here and three of them may have to come down here and play. Right. It's, just, it's just a difficult way to thread that needle. And, and yeah. uh, hopefully they'll figure out something else but because of the size of the schools themselves it's really tough to compete you remember what happened when Tempview came down for one or two years against Pineview and in, in yeah. the 4a yeah. i mean it was like 70 to nothing yeah and, and Tempview had barely slipped out of the higher bracket yeah there were 20 students below the, yeah 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 so and, yeah well, I, I, I did get it, uh, not an apology, but a, boy, we feel bad that this storm had to hit. It was unfortunate timing, but that's the way it is, and just just deal with it. And as far as I know, nobody was nobody got in a bad crash. I know going through uh, sardine at 30 miles per hour when you can't even see the lines on the road because there's so much snow is not fun. That's what I had to do. But I did that in Cofort the other a few you? weeks ago. Yes. But we made it. We're, we did. We're, we we're did. alive. We're good. Yeah. Let's talk about Washington County School District now for a couple of minutes. First of all, a new superintendent. I hope to get him on the air fairly soon, Richard Holmes. Yeah. Tell me about him. You know, Richard, we had, we had some really good 
candidate interviews for that. And by the way, I had him on the phone. I did uh-huh. get, get him when he got hired on the phone. But yeah. I, I'd yeah. like to have him in the in the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, he'll be he'll be here. He, Richard has been the assistant superintendent over secondary schools. He's he's really modest and unassuming, mm-hmm. and he I think he's been involved in a lot of the good things that have happened in the district. And he, because he's not, he doesn't take a lot of credit to himself. He works very well with the team, and and the team has been very effective in many ways. And so we're really excited to have him. He's he's got a good uh, moral foundation to him good. in terms of he he knows he, he he believes in doing what's best for students, but he also believes in the values of our community and sharing those with the students. And so I I think we're going to be we're going to be really pleased with his his as he transitions into this new position for himself. And uh, we 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 had. We had several interviews that we did with people, and uh, we said, you know what? I, I remember one of our board members, and it wasn't me, just saying after, after one of the interviews, I could live with that. I could live with, with that person. Hmm. And uh, it wasn't Richard. It was one of the other ones. And so right. we, we've, we've been really blessed with good candidates, good applications. Uh, yes, uh, Monday I was involved for several hours uh, interviewing two principal positions. We filled an elementary and a middle school on fairly short notice with a couple of the other board members. Burke was with me. Lorene was with me. And uh, old friend of mine got one of those, Brett Gifford. Yeah, Brett Gifford is yeah. at Pineview Middle now. That's awesome. And uh, he's been doing a terrific job as the uh, assistant principal over at Pineview High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pineview High School's really, uh, you know, made some done some really great things to uh, benefit their learning structure and their students over there. And I know Brett's had a, had a big part of that. And so uh, we're just excited. But when I first came on the board, um, we started a different type of, of hiring. So what we do is we put our principals and our assistant principals into what we call a pool at the beginning of every year. Okay. And they have to reapply every year. Okay. So sometimes they don't reapply for whatever reason. Sometimes they do. And uh, we re-interview them. And the quality wow. of depth that we're getting out of those pools over the last six years has, has improved. So we rotate that as board members. So this year I was on the principal pool. And I hadn't been on the principal pool for a couple of years. And um, we, we, we selected the same number of applicants or the same percentage of applicants, about two-thirds of the applicants went into the pool. But the standard was a lot higher than it was two years ago, hmm. or even last year. Uh, so, so in other words, if you were good enough to make the pool last year, and you didn't improve, you would not have made the pool this year. Wow! And so it's, it's just been very effective. And, and I will say that to, to his credit, Richard and the team that, that they put together over there in the administration has had a big hand in, in improving that. And as we get better candidates, for example, um, everybody we interviewed for those positions could have done the job. Hmm. And so it was like, okay, we're picking between a good, better, and best situation. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. And uh, so it's been, it's been really rewarding, but it has been very time-consuming for the board. As I mentioned last night, I mean, we've had Saturday meetings. We've had meetings for hours. Our meeting on the 27th of February started at 5 in the evening and ended after 9. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not like we're in there just having happy time amongst ourselves, although we really enjoy the relationships that we have as board members. But um, we've got another 
I, I just was looking at our schedule going forward. We've got a special meeting Friday morning. We've got a, a special meeting for interviews that will be several hours on the 20th for a couple of positions. We have another meeting on the 27th. And uh, just we have one on the 22nd. Tonight we've got our Sterling Scholar presentations. That's awesome. You yeah. Know? So it just is, as as Burke was joking, somebody told me when I ran for this job, it would be two days a month. <laughs> Not quite. No. It's, it's been very time-consuming, but very enjoyable. I, I've appreciated the diligence and, and the counsel of the board members as we've come together to make some of these important decisions. Did you have a Sterling Scholar and one of your kids? Did they ever make that? Um, I can't remember. My daughter, it's funny, she was going for the music Sterling Scholar, uh-huh. and her friend of hers was also going for the music one, so she bowed out of music and went for English and got that one yeah. instead, so mm-hmm. pre- pretty proud of her, but that's that's kind of cool, and it, it's a, I, I know I've talked to Steve Dunham about this, it's kind of the pinnacle of his job, uh, he gets to present those and, and be a part of, of mm-hmm. the Sterling Scholars, and these are the kids that uh, have found at an early age i mean because when i was 17 18 i didn't care about this kind of stuff found at an early age what's important and and gone after it Mm -hmm. so well you know we it's an enjoyable program it'll be at dixie high tonight starting at seven o'clock and uh you know each each school has a list of sterling scholars that they've Mm -hmm. they've competed at and then they go to the regional that'll be later and uh and then the state one and they have one for the bigger schools and one for the smaller schools for those that don't know, Sterling Scholar is basically, uh, they pick an area. For instance, it might be English. It well, there's music. English, music, be, yeah. there's mathematics, there's science, I, I want to say science yeah. computer programming, yeah. uh, various things, uh, fine arts, drama, Even debate. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't think they have There one. used to be one, maybe not anymore. Yeah, but, no, not anymore uh, for that. And, and uh, I, they, I, they pick the best of the best yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for that award for each school, and then each school sends their representative to... I don't know, regional, a county, whatever, and, yeah. and, and yeah. they pick the mm-hmm. best out of the best out of the best, which yeah. is which is really cool. When when Janae was at at Pineview for years, she was uh, assisting the kids in putting together their portfolios for those competitions, and oh, that was yeah. very time consuming for her, but it was Big extremely yeah. rewarding because you know these are kids who are high achievers in their area, and. Uh, you know, the, sometimes they, they may not be as high achieving in other areas, but this is something that they realize they're gifted at and they yeah. work hard. They really do. So it's it's a very enjoyable and rewarding program. Tonight at Dixie, uh, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I only have Terry for about two, two or three more minutes. That clock's a little slow. Yeah, but sorry about minutes. that. So uh, there were a couple of things that, uh, also on your agenda that you wanted to get to before you leave. Well, you know, the legislative session just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some things that I think were good for public education. We had some things where, you know, it kind of interferes with our local control. I'm a big local control guy. But on the other hand, I can see the... Uh, the concern of some parents and legislators, particularly with not so much with some of the decisions we make, although obviously we can always do better, but there's some districts in other areas of the state that are not as responsive, perhaps, to uh, concerns about parents and their youth and things like that. And so some of these laws are passed for that. They, they did the one about the vouchers. And uh, while I overall support vouchers, I'm not sure this was the right vehicle, but uh, mm. this is what we're going to be dealing with. So we'll, we'll have to see, um, you know, and, and so it's just a it's just an interesting thing to watch. We had a lot of new legislators from our area, and so we're right. looking forward to working with them. But also uh, because we lost a lot of seniority. 
uh, it's much harder for us to get some of our concerns through the the leadership up in the up in the House and the Senate. But as time passes, I'm sure that'll change. Good to see teachers got a raise in the legislative mm-hmm. session. Uh, my sister, who is a paraprofessional, says we need to give the paraprofessionals. Oh, we we really that we have been talking to the legislature about that quite a bit, and part of that is we're limited on our ability to uh, be competitive in the market for that. So that's that's been a big concern for us, and we we we're trying to make it a priority with us as well as the legislature, because a lot of the money that we get has strings attached to it. Yeah, hate those strings. Hate those strings. Uh, okay, anything else before right. I let you go? I know you, you know, got to go. Just, uh, I, I would just say one of the things we got yesterday was a presentation from the Water Canyon High School out in Hilldale. Okay, that is changing the community in ways that are incredible. I would just say that um, the presentation from that from uh, Steve Showalter, they had their first ever football team. They had their first ever baseball team. Eight man football. They had yeah. their first ever homecoming king and queen. Wow. Uh, the, the, the homecoming king is a, a short guy and, uh, the homecoming queen, he comes up to her armpit, I think, or her shoulder. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch, but, uh, they won a state championship this year. Their first one ever as a school. Cross country? Cross country. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and it's not just the athletics, but all of the things that they're participating in. They participated in the state choir. They participated in some other events. Very inspirational and very, um, moving for us to be able to as a community and as a as a county school district to be able to help that community come from where it's been historically yeah and uh, as they continue to grow that every year their graduating class is a little larger now they're a 1a school they're small but on the other hand those impacts are going to affect generations for them in a very positive way and so it's very rewarding to see that um uh, you know, lots of other things going on in the district. We're, we're going to have a truth in taxation in August. And the essential goal, while it's complex in terms of its details, is simply to say, listen, we're not going to bond to build our schools anymore. Right. We are going to pay as we go. We'll save tens of millions of dollars in interest payments on our bonds. And right. with interest rates being the way they are, we've been really lucky. The bonds that we've issued so far that we're paying down have very low interest rates. But if we have to bond to build schools in the future, you're talking about much, much higher. I was going to say interest rates aren't low anymore. Yeah. So So. what what that means is we're going to increase the tax levy for the general fund of the school, essentially. But we are going to um, lower and eliminate the debt payment uh, tax thing in a way that's Nice. neutral in terms of the payments. We have a little break in our enrollment, although we are probably going to have to start planning a new elementary school. This is the first time I've been on the board and the first time for many years that anybody's been on the board that we haven't opened a new school during that school year. Um, you know, right before my election two years ago, we opened two elementary schools in two years in my district alone. Wow. And so you know, we're, we're trying to do that, but, but we will immediately save $10 million of interest just by doing this going forward. So we, we've yeah. been working towards this a long time, and this is something that, uh, that we'll be working to educate everybody about. So if you've got questions, ask us. We'll let you know. Principals will be sending some things out about it. That's probably the biggest thing on our plate other than some of these personnel issues. We have senior staff we're hiring. Uh, the applications closed today tonight i think 
for the new uh, human resources director, HR, as well yeah. as the uh, assistant superintendent. We have a new school super services, uh, a student services director that position that we'll be filling, hmm. and then we'll have some others going forward. And then obviously there may be a domino effect with some more principals that are affected as we busy, continue busy. to grow. And so it's yeah. just uh, been a real busy time and rewarding as well. So thanks for having me, Andy. I'll, always a pleasure. And you know, we could have talked school board the whole time, but on the other hand, when you and I get together on the air, we're just going to have a good time, and yeah, I hope everybody else We didn't else even get the basketball too. Stuff, so. We did it. <laughs> Thank you, Terry, for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. We'll be right back after this. Had to bid Terry goodbye. He's due in court. Actually, he better get moving. He's got to get over there in time. He says, you do, do not want to leave. Uh, keep a judge waiting very long because uh, judges don't like that, understandably. I uh, got about the three, four minutes left. I wanted to talk about a story I wrote yesterday for 890kdxu.com. Uh, it's about the Salgado family. Now, it's been in the news the last few years, and you say, well, wait, who, who died? Which which one of them died? Actually, there were two, and this, this is what makes it uh, almost unbearable when you think about as a family. Uh, it was in April of 2015 that Elizabeth Salgado went missing, just a young lady, uh, active member of her uh, church congregation there in Provo, uh, uh, attending school. Uh, one night she went to, one evening she went to language school. She was learning English, trying to get better at English, and uh, walked home, and she never, she never got home. She vanished. Uh, sadly, three years later, in 2018, up Hobble Creek Canyon, this is up in Salt Lake area, uh, the Provo area, uh, her remains were found. To this day, her killer has not been identified. They uh, interviewed and eliminated so many suspects, construction workers from a, a site by where she, where she you know, would, would have been on the way home from where she was walking, uh, a friend that she liked to uh, speak English with, um, relatives, including a couple of uncles, work acquaintances, uh, and they all they all were cleared. They all had alibis. So uh, this Salgado family has to deal with this Elizabeth girl being murdered. And uh, again, the, maybe to make matters worse, not that there's anything worse than murder, but to maybe compound things is the fact that they couldn't find the person that did it. Well, just the other day, they found the remains of, well, so, so two years ago, her aunt, 44-year-old Miriam, so actually, I think she was 42 when she went missing. Uh, she went missing. Uh, she was uh, her car was found by Sheep's Bridge Sheep Bridge Trail in uh, in the Hurricane area, just east of Hurricane. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of days ago, they found the remains of Miriam Salgado. So the family had two uh, female members of their family go missing, and both of them uh, die. Now, right now, officials are saying Miriam Salgado's death is not suspicious, which would indicate it was either an accident or she took her own life, one or the other. Either way, it's still uh, another example of heartbreak for this family. I, I just I can't even imagine the pain that that family is going through. Uh, and I would ask you, again, if, if you know anything about e either of these deaths, uh, anything that might help the Salgado family, uh, contact your authorities. Contact me if you have to. Just a sad, sad deal with a very sad ending. 